in a race against the Nazis. And I know what it means if the Nazis have a bomb. We have a 12-month head start. 18. How could you possibly know that? We've got one hope. All America's industrial might and scientific innovation connected here. Secret laboratory. Keep everyone there until it's done. Let's go recruit some scientists. Build a town, build it fast. We don't let scientists bring their families. We'll never get the best. Why would we go to the middle of nowhere for who knows how long? Why? Why? How about because this is the most important thing to ever happen in the history of the world? You're the great improviser, but this... you can't do in your head. Are we saying there's a chance that when we push that button, we destroy the world? Chances are near zero. Near zero. What do you want from theory alone? Zero would be nice. Hello and welcome to Sporting World Watch spoiler cast for Christopher Nolan's latest movie, Oppenheimer. I'm your host, Ashley Hubbley. Joining me today, Dylan Blight. Uh, yeah, bombs are bad. Wow. Have some sensitivity, Dylan. Also joining us, Radio Watson's Buddy Watson. What's going on, peoples? I don't have any fun quip. This is completely 100% serious podcast, you know? We'll be making no jokes. We don't want to make people uncomfy. Can I do (laughs) (laughs) Can we jump straight in? Before you get into the movie, I just want to go out there. I want to get my thoughts out of the way straight away, because I've been reading this, Twitters and stuff, after I come home from work, and I'm sort of agitated. Like, I I I was driving home getting annoyed about this. I'm I'm not usually on this side, but it, the whole complaint that the the movie is bad because it didn't show enough of the Japan side, or like cut to a a random female walking down the street and then she's like, oh, and then fucking dies for no reason. God, that would have been cringe as fuck. It would have been the fucking worst thing ever. So I, I just want to get a thoughts out there. If that's your complaint about the movie, no, there's a million movies that sh- that uh, are respectful and show that the atrocities that Japan went through for the the you know the bombs are. Nakasara and Hiroshima, but like to, to complain that no, I'm out. That's my thoughts. I'm sorry. Get yep. that out of the way. And also, this movie just existing. I feel like people were upset about uh, focusing on Robert Oppenheimer. I mean, because yeah, the movie's such a positive outlook on what happened. <laughs> yeah. Like, for fuck's sake. Uh, yeah, I'm sure all those people were like happily what binge watching Dharma on earlier this year. So yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't hypocritical uh but yeah please be aware we'll be freely discussing anything and everything about plot themes and ending of the movie so if you haven't watched it come back later of course it is playing in cinemas everywhere uh we recommend watching it on the biggest screen with the best sound possible with that said let's jump to a discussion of Oppenheimer, directed by christopher nolan screenplay by christopher nolan based on american prometheus by kai bird and martin j Sherwin, starring Cillian Murphy, Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr., Florence Pugh, Josh Harnett, Casey Affleck, Remy Malek, Kenneth Branagh, Benny Safdie, Dylan Arnold, Gustav Skarsgård, David Krumholtz, Matthew Modine, David Dashmalchen, uh, Tom Conti, Michael Agarano, Jack Quaid, Josh Peck, Olivia Thrillby, Dane DeHaan, Danny DeFerrari, uh, Alden Einreich, 
Jefferson Hall, Jason Clark, James Darcy, and Tony Goldwyn. During World War II, Lieutenant General Leslie Groves Jr. appoints physicist J. Robert Oppenheimer to work on this top-secret Manhattan Project. Oppenheimer and a team of scientists spend years developing and designing the atomic bomb. Their work comes to fruition on July 16, 1945, as they witness the world's first nuclear explosion, forever changing the course of history. Uh, Dylan, what did you think of Oppenheimer? Absolutely spectacular. This is why I like movies. 10 out of 10. Would happily watch again. Uh, I was... I. The fact I walked out and I got to my car and I didn't put any music on over podcast, I, I just wanted to sit in silence. Well, as much silence as I can am driving home. But I just wanted to sit and just think about it and let it all digest. I think everyone in this, there's so many people in this, like actors of some stature that are probably only in it for like three to five minutes. Um, and some nearly everyone in this gives the some of the best performances they can give under the direction of a director who knows what he wants and what he's doing. But I, I, I really feel like this is like, cinema at its like peak form this is like everyone in every department working at near perfection as far as why cinema can be such a powerful art form for storytelling i just just think this is phenomenal wow all right buddy what do you think agreed (laughs) (laughs) what about you ash <laughs> yeah, I concur. Hi, man. End the show. That's it. Well, well spoken, Dylan. Um, that's a podcast over. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love the little things I do with kind of like cutting between the timelines, um, the use of black and white. Uh, I loved when the climax of the film was when, in regards to like the, the bomb going off and and kind of dealing with the ramifications after that. I didn't really know how they're going to construct that because I hadn't seen too many documentaries or um really read too much up on Oppenheimer a bit outside of knowing what he was responsible for and kind of the, the consequences of that and the ending of World War Two. Um so yeah, the whole fact that it had this what felt like an hour after that, um and having, you know, his kind of like reputation thrown into the mud and um his own kind of moral quandary about, you know, the whole that question from like Jurassic Park is we ask ourselves uh, if we, um, you know, if we could make it happen instead of like, should we? Um, so, and then I was kind of like, when I got home, I was a little bit interested in like how much of that was favorable in towards him and, and depicting him as that uh, as, in history as, as opposed to how much fact it was and um, watching a few like kind of YouTube videos and reading up and stuff. So I was like interested to see, I guess, how relevant that was instead of just trying to, make him not a villain or not a hero or kind of like depict it kind of maybe a little bit down the middle and how people how he might have felt in that time um i love the kind of surrealism stuff that they use with the kind of the shaking effect the him picturing himself in the plane being the one that drops um the bomb stepping into the the burnt out um corpses as well i thought all that stuff was great i maybe i don't know it's it's tough because i want a little bit more of that as maybe the ptsd but Maybe that would have been too much. Maybe they did get it right in the amount they used, but um, not sure. Um, the standout for me was outside of Killing Murphy was um, Florence Pugh, who was I felt like I wanted to see more of, and not just the flesh of, uh, but more <laughs> of her as as a role. But then also I loved Benny Safdie and and his kind of character and how that played out in, in the end, especially like the political drama of him wanting to go with the hydrogen bomb um, and the political allies kind of 
against him and, and kind of having that kangaroo court thing. Uh, and then I also um, loved Robert Downey Jr. Emily Blunt had a really good moment in that kangaroo court hearing towards the end. I thought the cast was stellar. For me, it was a bit hard because there was just a lot of people showing up that I recognized, but they were all wearing the same clothes. So <laughs> at times it was like, oh, there's that dark-haired white guy that I know from so-and-so. <laughs> there's a dark-haired white guy that I know from that other thing. And then I'm like, oh, there's Casey Affleck. Um, so, <laughs> so there was a lot of that for me as well. But um, yeah, I found it really interesting. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. The sound mix, I would say, is much better than um, a lot more of Nolan's previous stuff as well. Um, I don't know if that was just where we were watching it in the theater or not, but I felt like because it was so dense and dialogue rich and heavy, the only complications with sound came from them not dumbing down dialogue, but having a lot of dialogue to kind of focus on and concentrate. Whereas like more of the, you know, the bomb going off and uh, all that stuff and, and, and noise in the background and building up the, all, all that stuff. I felt like that was handled a little bit better mix wise um, from previous stuff that I've seen. So awesomely crafted performances were amazing. That scene was fantastic. Um, it's kind of hard to pick something that I didn't really like about it. Maybe the whole kind of the end sequence in um, maybe going on a little bit too long from the, the climax, but I guess that's very Nolan having an elongated third act. But um, yeah, it was, it was amazing. One of Nolan's like, best and a great return. This is what I felt like Nolan thought he thought Tenet, like this is what he thought Tenet was going to be. Tenet, I didn't really like. And if Nolan made Tenet to kind of hashtag save cinema, I feel like this is doing what he wanted Tenet to do. My favorite, I just want to shout out, my favorite like cat, uh, actor who just shows up and does nothing until the end is Rami Malek. He just shows up and <laughs> says nothing in the first scene. He's in there. And then he turns up in that court case at the end to give like such a big moment. But like, I was like, oh, he's Chris, Rami he Malek. He's got the feeling. <laughs> There's uh, Academy Award nominated. <laughs> um. I really enjoyed it. I think it was fantastic. Um, yeah, just a tense, crazy three hours that kind of flew by. Um, this is a movie that is worth the $20, whatever you're going to have to spend to get there um, because you're, you're getting your money's worth because this movie is incredibly dense. Like the first hour, like it's so much is happening, probably too much. I feel like it's like, incredibly fast-paced like you go through like the first 20 years of Oppenheimer's life it feels like uh from coming from his college like high school college days to you know getting to starting to work on the Oppenheimer bomb uh if you didn't know anything about communism or fascism or uh you know the the world's before world war ii i feel like you would be incredibly lost if this movie was made by anyone else other than christopher nolan there would absolutely have been a scene where someone, uh, the general would have asked to like, talk to me like I'm a three-year-old, T- talk to me like I'm an idiot, you know, explain to this me, explain this to me in the simplest terms possible, but there's nothing like that in this whole entire movie. Um, there's moments where he tries to, they're explaining some of the concepts and that kind of stuff, but it's always told as if you have the base understanding of uh, science and physics and stuff like that. It's not dumbed down at any point um for better or worse you know i'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who are like aren't going to enjoy this because it is so dense and so high educated 
Um, but I think you could enjoy this even if you don't really understand what they're talking about. Um, it's just fun seeing them talk about what they're talking about. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's three, that two and a half hours. This movie, other than the Trinity test, it's two and a half hours of people talking about what they're talking about, <laughs> <laughs> talking about electrons and uh, yeah. you know, theory. They do it. They do it so well. <laughs> <laughs> they do it so well. Um, yeah, the further I've gotten away from the film, the more I appreciate like the structure. Uh, the non-linear storytelling that he's done here, which is feel like a progression. This movie definitely feels like a combination of a lot of parts of his previous works. Um, with the non-linear storytelling, the like the three storyline, like I, it's two parts is how he sets it up. But the, there's fusion part one and fusion part two, which is mostly focused on the the Strauss character that uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. plays. Um, but obviously they cut and change, they jump all over the place telling his life story. I feel like if you made this movie, uh, much like, uh, Pulp Fiction, if you made it chronologically, this wouldn't be as interesting. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, that's all super fun. Um, I feel like I've seen a couple of criticisms, like, again, the female characters are not really that well-developed or strong. I mean, Emily Blunt does have that fantastic moment, but ultimately she's cut like kind of typecast in this as an alcoholic the entire film. Um, Florence Pugh is really enjoyable and fun in what we get from her. Um, from what I've heard of the book, like her character is super interesting. Um, not that many people are going to read that book because it's 721 pages long. Um, but, uh, you know, I feel like from like a baseline look, it's like, it's just like a love interest, uh, just someone there to progress the idea that Oppenheimer was a womanizer, uh, which is something that he's called, but you don't really see much evidence outside of that affair. Um, yeah, dude, yeah. He basically every female that's in front of him. The time but he, he's, he likes talking <laughs> to people. You know? yeah, all three of them. Yeah. yeah, all three yeah. Of them um, <laughs> but yeah, I really enjoyed that. And obviously, you know, the, the structure of the story and like the, you know, yeah, and of course it just looks beautiful, like crazy. Uh, so many stars is like, <laughs> ridiculous. Like every time some someone's got their back to the camera and they turn around, it's another famous person. Uh, <laughs> it's like like Casey Affleck's reveal. <laughs> yeah, crazy. And they made him the biggest cunt of a character as well, as far as like <laughs> in the movie and as far as like a, a a guy in history as well. And I'm like, are they playing into his like massive dislike and um, standing in Hollywood, Hollywood right? Like Nolan's Probably. like, get, get, get Affleck. He needs the work, and uh, we'll just make him like. <laughs> we'll do it cheap, and it'll be, you know, we'll just like him. Um, the biggest like compliment I can give it is David Fincher is one of my favorite um directors, probably my favorite director. Um, but when I got out of it, the lead up to the bomb, and which felt like twenty to thirty minutes of just like, is it going to work? Setting it up, going through all the like things, and all the way down the cat that period like felt like i was watching zodiac which is just a massively tense anxiety inducing hold your breath movie for two and two and a half hours like i felt like i was getting that same feeling of like i know what's coming but it's like and we know it's what it does and it's successful and everything but just the whole like it's the characters like what if you know, we're seeing history. Is it going to go wrong? Well, that's like 
coming out and seeping into you. That's what um quite often you hear these arguments about. Oh, will you like a tr- any true story movie? Like, oh, who, what's it matter? Like, you know how it's going to end, or you know how it's like you know these arguments that come Titanic, up about these yeah. these sorts of movies. <laughs> like, how can they be like? What's enjoyable if you know what's going to happen? But the what's so good about a true story or biography or whatever biopic when done right is those scenes you go in and you're watching it and you just forget like you're like that that 20 minute scene with prior to the trinity test it just becomes anxiety inducing and it shouldn't be because you know that it's going to be okay like like um, like as a basis i know what happened i know the trinity test goes off i know that it leads to a bomb. I know. I know it leads to this you, massive. You know, it didn't like dying. end the world. <laughs> I know it didn't end the world, <laughs> but they do such a good job of leading you up into that moment that I'm so engrossed in the movie that all sense of like my logic is turned off, and I'm sitting there going like getting stressed about it because my brain's like, yeah, but like they could all die. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like they could. Um... <laughs> and I loved the bomb going off, and I don't know what I expected, but the whole like the silence of it. Mm. It was kind of like, is it Last Jedi when they freaking warp the thing through yes. the? It Most felt like scene in cinema. Yeah, yeah. It <laughs> felt like yeah. That's right. Rule of the canon. Um, it felt like that level of silence, but like you know, prolonged. And then I don't know what I expected because it's just like Noel and it's expecting like loudness, and I'm like, huh. And it's just like looking at this mm. amazing close thing close, yeah. and then um, and then obviously the. The, you know, <laughs> the sonic, sonic boom booms came. that came after that but um it was crazy because like the bombs going off and just like kind of shaking my head and like the first thing like in my mind is kind of like this is this is fucked like this is it's like, beautiful fuck, but it's fucked <laughs> fuck america because i think i think my mind had already jumped ahead to kind of like what what it did like i'm seeing I'm like fuck they really fucking dropped this on somebody like mm. I'd, I'd kind of, I think my my mindset had already hit the, hit that, and and it hit me like when the bomb went off. Like, oh man! And then everything that came after that, all that like imagery and stuff, and whew, then then it got, then it got even heavier. So yeah, it was full on. That's why it's probably like that long third act. I was kind of like, I really wanted more of the, the moral implications, and Oppenheimer kind of questioning that. It's without hard the, without the courtroom. Yeah, I guess stuff, it's but hard then you can't then you can't be preachy. I guess you yeah. can't be preachy because he did make the bomb. Yeah, but then I don't. But know. then don't he's know also you've got that scene where he's kind of absolved, kind of by President Truman. Truman. <laughs> I yeah. I think the mo- the magic of this movie is actually seeding in that Einstein scene, see, the Einstein scene, and then looping back to that as the as a reveal of his moral dilemma, basically, and him saying, "Now you've got to now the true thing happens. Now you've got to live with this sort of." And having yes. that play, that's revealed so early in the movie when you come, like the first 45 minutes, whatever, and then coming back to that right at the end, I thought it was perfect. Like, but that scene, scene also works it. in two ways because it's also played uh, against Strauss's Strauss, entire yeah. motivations for the last... Why he thinks he has However him. many yeah. years. Um, <laughs> it's been based on that whatever, one yeah. moment. Um, yeah. And it's as, yeah, completely not what he was expecting or thought. Okay. Like Come back to the bomb for a sec. I cannot wait to get the to Blu-ray find out how they did it <laughs> and how the fuck they shot this because Nolan Daddy is saying there's zero special effects in this. We recreated the Trinity test. No CGI. No to be CGI clear. in this whole movie. He's saying I'm like, 
what? <laughs> it's there one thing so- to read the headlines and then watch the movie and go, hold on. You're saying there's zero CGI in this movie. You're saying yeah. you recreated the Trinity test. Like, what? <laughs> well, it's not even the, just that. He did. They've got that shot of like a, like a million like missiles like firing off into the atmosphere or whatever. Yeah. And like hitting the earth or whatever. And then there's, they do do a shot of like a, as if the atmosphere had like a chain reaction around the earth. Yeah. I don't know Which how I you know do you that can... without CGI. <laughs> well, you know, practically, you can do special effects that are computer visual effects, which is like the key difference between these things. Like old school special effects, which yeah. maybe he did. But I'm still like, how the fuck? I want to know how they <laughs> yeah. shot this. I want to know how they shot the, the fucking bomb. Because, and like Nolan, much like watching a Mission Impossible movie, you know, he just does crazy shit and just shoots it. Like literally <laughs> with Tenet, he drove an entire plane through a, mm-hmm. a a thing just for shits and giggles. Like I believe him to a degree, but um I need the I need to watch the behind the scenes ASAP. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um oh, yeah. Where do we go from here? Uh, okay, how do we feel about Cillian Murphy's performance? Obviously finally getting his chance to shine under Christopher Nolan and his best friends for like 20 years since Batman Begins um, gets the lead role here as Oppenheimer. Um, yeah, I think fantastic. Like, obviously showing multiple multitudes of the kept person. Uh, you get to see him at his most brash and self-confident um, and then kind of progress to seeing him at his weakest. Uh, uh, he's got such a good rant, resting sad face. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. Just him sitting in that room, like the... Like, listening to other people's testimonies whatever thanks that suck <laughs> you shook his hand yeah oh, oh man i would, would knock him the fuck out uh, yeah <laughs> you team emily bond in that <laughs> that scenario yeah i would have been man i would have yeah i would have been emily bond's character there would have stopped him it's interesting because, yeah, so obviously Nolan's had him in the supporting role for this whole time. Not because he, I don't think it's anything about his, no, it's people just... have been making these jokes about underappreciating him or whatever, but like, that's also to say that an actor is, unless not they're in the lead him. role, then they're not doing, they're not elevating the movie. But I think the fact that Nolan puts him in every movie shows that he appreciates him and his ability. Yeah, he so, wants him around, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I've always liked Cillian Murphy, especially like he's been in Leeds before. I remember watching um obviously twenty eight days later when I was in like high school. That was the first thing I've watched him in a lead in. And I mean, if you're annoyed that you didn't get to see him naked in this, you go watch that if you want. Um, the <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, get to see his penis, a quality, yeah, it. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, yeah, I thought he was fantastic. I definitely feel like it's a shoe in between for both him and Robert Downey Jr. Um, as supporting and lead actors. I I don't think that's up for debate at this stage. Hmm. Very different performances to a degree, but both, yeah, top top mark. Absolutely. Well, then Robert Downey Jr. Like it's interesting that storyline being cut in between of him, uh, or trying to get into the cabinet needs to be appointed by the Senate. Something that happens a majority of the time. Uh, what do they say? Like it's been twenty-seven years since someone hadn't been uh, appointed to a cabinet position. Um, and yeah, I feel like that I loved most of that. I loved like, you know, Robert Downey Jr. like full out coming out there at the end, like revealing he was a villain all along, taking off the mask. Um, One villain moment. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but I do feel like Alden Einreich's character kind of turned on him like super quick. 
No, I loved it. Went to the moral great. high ground like super fast. I thought it was great. I like yeah, how he doesn't even. He's awesome. he just like you little fucker. Like, because it it shows they they build up to that point and they like you got to understand like you know Robert Oppenheim is viewed by still a, a lot of people at, at this point at that time in America is still like this hero, right? So he's uh, Strauss says all this stuff. I don't think it's unbelievable that suddenly you would have his. Uh, secretary or whatever his like official job title was but like him just suddenly being like wait what like it wasn't a random like oppenheim is one of the most famous people in the world at that time it's only mm. america and you gotta remember like he's um not just like going to the moral high ground he's also like you i'm your closest confidant and ally and you mm. have betrayed me so it's almost like his reaction to getting the wall pulled over him by his like closest person. So mm, there's also yep. an element of that in there as well. That's fair. Um I it was the weirdest thing, like never the, never turn the on JFK, people that closest to <laughs> The weirdest thing was the JFK name drop. It's like, well, who was the senator who dropped me? Uh John F. Kennedy. Yeah, I yeah. don't know if there's like a like something else that happened like for yeah. people who know more history of those people in real life. I don't know if that was like a hint at something, but yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. Were there any other standout performances, people? Uh, Josh Arnett. Josh Arnett. Buddy, you didn't realize. I didn't realize recognize him. him. <laughs> I didn't recognize him as Arnett while watching it. I was like, really? I know, the haircut and the... The haircut. Okay. He's got, he had something on his head. Have you seen know, anything like... with him in it recently, though, I guess, is the... No, nah, only the add to that um, Guy Ritchie film. Um, Wrath of Man or Operation Fortune? Fortune. Fortune. Fortune, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, he's got a moustache in it. Yeah, yeah. Because I was about yeah. to say that he's, he's and sort the of having, as well. he's had a bit of a comeback recently. <laughs> he's been in a lot the last few yeah. years. So he disappeared over into Penny Dreadful there for like five years, it seemed, and then come back to yeah. come back to make movies. So yeah. um, I really thought he was really, really good. He was probably one of the standouts to, to me as far as the, the rest of the cast. And especially for, so, for someone cast in a, um, like Josh Hannett, that a lot of the actors in this are already considered prestigious um, by majority of people. Mm. Josh Hannett is like nothing against him, but like he's definitely not in the crowd of people who'd say he's considered majorly as a prestigious actor. You know, well, yeah, the best so, roles he's done is the faculty in H2O. Yeah, on, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so for him to get such a large role in this film and I think did a fantastic job with it, I, I, I think that was good uh, both from uh, Nolan plus the casting director to get Hannett. I thought it was good. He was really good. Um, I really enjoyed David Crumholtz, you know, as the, uh, Robert Oppenheimer's good friend. Um, crazy. He's also one who's come from, you know, a low point, you know, being a, a squash match Don't. in a rest of WWE to, <laughs> to, you know, back in the Christopher Nolan movie. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. What did you think I was going to say? Talk shit on one of his other movies. I love, I, mean, him like... I love him in Center Entity. Okay. <laughs> um, who else is going to shout out? Gary Oldman, who just loves coming in the movies and playing. Man, it's, it's so presidents. funny. <laughs> yeah. like he, he played Struman, but he's also played Churchill. Yep. <laughs> you know, both sides of the, both sides of the, the allies point. here. Yeah, he um, loves it. And apparently the, the lines that he said are just pulled from history. You know? What really? I because yeah. that's how I was like they're just they're just having free reign now with the the like that's what I that's what I heard. Don't that's let that baby back in here ever again. Don't let that cry baby back in here. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
that was yeah gary oldman was like and you could pick him like straight away like even though he's got all that makeup prosthetics and makeup on uh it's pretty clear um, um and then the other person i was going to give a shout out to what's his name uh dane dehane um mm. i thought it was another really one who kind of disappeared for a while yeah he disappeared for a while and he used to play thanks to poor casting as well yeah well he, being he was... in bad movies obviously yeah he was he was meant to be this huge star coming off um spider-man and everything and then he disappeared but he was getting cast as sort of like these bad boy or like hot dude like sort of teenager roles or whatever um uh, kill your darlings and whatever else but i i think in this having him just play more of the because he just appears as like this stringy dick, <laughs> dick yeah and like it really works for him i, I felt like I, I he was someone else who um i didn't recognize him well first, <laughs> you but, think the first yeah. time we saw him was in chronicle where he was uh yeah the bad guy i guess so yeah yeah um yeah. yeah he was really really good obviously ken Branagh shows up for a couple scenes is really good um mark on blair is really good for that there's just so many people that jason clark is fucking amazing oh yeah he's that so scene good where he goes off at um when he's just yep. yelling backwards and forwards at cillian murthy and they're like that one of the final scenes that was absolutely phenomenal so yeah i mean there's just so many people and then him getting tongue tied by uh, emily blunt yeah oh, man that's delightful as well uh yeah he's fantastic uh buddy anyone else you want to you highlight Benny Safty. Yeah, Benny Safty was my favorite. I love the scene where he's putting on the sunscreen and he's outside with deck chair and sunglasses. <laughs> that was like such a vibe. Um, and like I said before, uh, Casey Affleck, I think he was perfect in his like limited role. That that choice up. to div- give such like that scene, just shoot it in such like close up, like sort of just dead eyed, just staring yeah. at him. Like I thought it was so, such a good choice. Um, fuck, else was I was going to say there was someone um fuck i can't find them now but the the there was a few people in this that like i'd seen a bit i was like like not enough to i remember but um fuck, I can't find, oh jack quaid like for example jack quaid yeah, just jack showing quaid. up in this he gets like no josh but it's just, yeah. yeah there's all these but josh pack there's yeah, just so many people in the background like it's sort of crazy um uh, matt damon's good but it's just being matt damon like but it's yeah, matt damon bring him up you know where it's just yeah. like it's good but it's matt damon's I mean, like just i don't think it's, i don't know if he was better than he was in air you know? No, well, that's the thing. Like, it's just Matt Damon doing a solid Matt Damon performance. Like, he's a reliable actor, and sometimes he gives like above his normal performance. But this is just like a, a solid Matt Damon performance. Um, my favorite idea I like to think about the Benny Safdie thing too, because apparently the story is that Robert Patterson gave the book to Christopher Nolan while I was filming Tenet, and then he read it, and then that's when he wanted to to make this movie. Um, the the, the book that the movie's based on. I just love the idea that he not only gave him the book, but then it was also like, hey. You should cast this Benny Safdie guy. I did a great movie. You should watch it, man. Good time. <laughs> I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure no one watched Good Time before he cast. Okay, just Robert stop ruining my story, all right? I'm just, <laughs> yeah. you know, sorry. Can we no, talk I'm about the sure, music? I'm pretty sure uh, no one watched Obi-Wan, and that's why I put uh, Maybe. Benny Safdie no, in it. Fucking yeah. no. <laughs> Let's talk about Ludwig Goranson. Oh, that was crazy. I forgot that, obviously, Hans Zimmer wasn't doing the score. Uh, and then when Ludwig's name came up, I was like, holy shit. Because it's, it's a great score. Mm, it's um, a fucking fantastic score. I mean, it's reminiscent of you know Nolan's work with Hans Zimmer, but uh, definitely well, he, did, he did the Tenet score as well. It's not like his first. Yeah, um, that's parade, true. But, yeah. Um, but I just think that yeah. So we get so used to the Hans Zimmer like loudness uh, that yeah, and all that sort of stuff, which is some some anonymous with um, Nolan to a degree. But I like Ludwig has sort of built up this own sort of different loud score that he's come across with a stuff, um, a lot of his own stuff. Um, and it really works, I think, for 
um, Nolan's movie and the way he likes to do his his stuff. So I hope they continue working together. But obviously, the main thing in that piece of that song that's heard, um, I went looking for the soundtrack. It's not up on Apple yet, so I was, would have found the name of it. But that piece, the main piece that's seen in the trailer, just with the the feet and everything, you know, like the build up that they use a couple times, like that's such a anxiety inducing piece of music as is. Uh, any other key moments you need to bring up? Yeah. No, I was going to say that you already pointed out the, the cinematography was great, which it is. I think, um, like, there's so many, you could point to so many key moments as, like, great shots. I think one of my favourite small moments that I, I was thinking about, like, how well it was framed and um, was the, there's the moment when Oppenheimer goes up right before the Trinity test and he's, like, has his face leaning up against the bomb and he's, like, sort of, I guess, contemplating thinking about things. And it's just shot so well with like a, a full shadow over Cillian Murphy. Like he's just all like no lighting over him. You can see the lighting and the bomb in the background and everything. But I thought that was such a, um, that was like one of my favorite little shots of the movie. I loved um, Florence Pugh kind of riding um, Cillian Oppenheimer, Cillian Murphy in the, in the chair. Um, interrogation like, while uh, yeah. Emily Blunt's character, like the, the wife was, that like, was looking a- over. And they're like making kind of the eye contact. It was just like instead of yeah. just once again telling, just showing and having more impact of like that betrayal. Yeah, him, just like uh, just reopening the wound. answering those. Yeah. yeah, reopening the wound. Yeah, I was about to bring that up. But yeah, um, yeah, just a crazy three hours. Uh, yeah, again, like so many like small building blocks along the way and everything tying back together. Uh, the whole conspiracy around uh, Oppenheimer and his communist ties and, like, the whole way they kind of uh, found a way to, like, tie back together. And then the I love the how they framed, like, or the way they were shooting the uh, the talk about how their policy, like, in, I don't know, it was some ballroom or something, and they were all sitting around this circular table, and there was this pot of plants right in the middle. <laughs> it's getting Just get moved. it off the fucking table, man! We cut back to that... We cut back to that scene like three times, and then like the fourth time, there's like a waiter comes along and takes a <laughs> bunch of flowers out. I thought that was, that was a pretty funny running gag. Uh, yeah. All right. Anything else we need to say before we wrap up? Uh, it's fantastic. It's Obviously, it's going to be a lot of people. I, it's going to be in our presumably be most of our top movies of the year. I'd be surprised if it's not. Probably. Probably. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. All right, let us know what you thought of Oppenheimer by going to... We get more movies than you up here, uh, Dylan. You're not getting any more movies. They're not making them anymore. It's all right. We'll get all the two... You'll get the rest of the 2023's movies next year (laughs) when your cinema plays one a week. (laughs) All right, let us know what you thought of Oppenheimer by going to explosion.com slash Twitter, uh, if that's still working, or find us at ExplosionPod on all social medias, or just head over to our Discord at explosionnetwork.com slash Discord. Uh, if you want to help us out here and leave us a review and have a podcast from Podchaser, leave us five stars. Any can leave five stars. Just tell people about the show. Check out Radio Watson on all good podcast services and even the bad ones. You know, just any, just go through the bad old old episodes. I'm sure there's uh, the old episodes are good. I just don't, I'm yeah. not just doing any new ones. That's all. Uh, soon, maybe. Soon I don't know. I got a hunch. You know, It'll come back. Just put review. Add the reviews. I'll give it a come back. Uh, and you know, find Buddy on social media, Buddy Wilson Twelve or some version of that. You'll find it somewhere. Yeah. And if you've enjoyed this episode, thoughts with a dollar, head on over to Kofi page at explosion.com slash support. 
Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, keep watching stuff, I guess. You are the men who gave them the power to destroy themselves. And the world is not prepared. Truman needs to know what's next. Two, what's next? One.